This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. It's a new year, so turn your great idea into a reality with Squarespace. Hey, I did. I made my personal website with Squarespace, and it was almost too easy. I probably shouldn't have been able to get away with it. It was that easy. You can do it yourself. Go to squarespace.com spilled for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code spilled to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. You know, we we had to really discuss the what we wanted to call today's episode. Yeah, the scope. We had to we had to define the scope. We had to define the relationship between us. We, we and had to have a DTS. A define a, the scope. Yes, a, a DTS. Yeah. Are you DTS? I'm totally DTS. I'm totally DTS with the scope that we have determined, which is this This episode is called Baking Chips. Mm-hmm. It's not just chocolate chips, folks. It's all. It's the other chips, too. Yes. And maybe, maybe even it's going to be a majority of the other chips, because we did a chocolate chip cookie episode in episode 102 and probably talked a lot about different kinds oh of chocolate gosh, chips. so long ago. Oh, I don't know. It all blurs together for it me. It does. It does. Um, I've told you that June is a big spilled milk listener yes. now. What is so terrifying about it is that because I never remember what we did in any given episode immediately after it's over, when she asks to listen to something, I never know whether it's one that I want her to listen to or not listen to. Like, like the one where we were talking about making out and like excessive saliva and stuff. I mean, it's fine. But, like, I, mean, I don't really yeah. care about that. But there was something else where we were talking about. I don't was know. Was it the one explicit. about the whale? Oh, the the Charles Bukowski? <laughs> exactly. No, or wait, Henry or, uh, Miller. Henry Miller, yeah. Henry, no, I don't think she's listened to that one, but okay. I'm so scared that she's going to. And I don't remember. We need to have Abby start writing like a little... Uh, a little Warning like, label? Well, a specific warning label okay. like yeah. that says like, Molly, this is the one where you talked about the whale. Like, oh, so like the... Uh, the- uh, warnings in like the capsule descriptions of movies, like you know, rated R for nudity, sexual yes. situations, and uh, you know, Violence, mild profanity. Or... Yes, like as as a teenager, <laughs> I was like, this is the guide to finding the movies yes. I want to watch. Yes. Right? Okay. Um, I remember um, the being very excited to see the movie A Room with a View because it said rated R for nudity, <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is gonna be hot, and it was like nude Simon Callow. <laughs> I don't know who Simon Callow is. Well, I mean, Simon Callow is, is terrific, but he was not the person that I went to the movie hoping to see nude. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I think I do remember using that system to, to choose movies as yeah, well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was having a conversation with wife of the show, Lori, recently about mm-hmm. how it's uh, it's actually valuable to have uncomfortable situations like that with your kid to let them know that, like, it's OK to it's OK for things to be uncomfortable and it's OK to talk about uncomfortable things. Oh, absolutely. Wife of the show, Lori, is a, a font of wisdom. I know. It's true. Fount? Font. I think. I don't know. Now that you said it, she's a she's a font. She's like a she's like Garamond. <laughs> uh huh. Yes. Um, no. W- w- so wait, what did you do when you were watching some movie that had uh, an uncomfortable moment for you, and Iris was in the room? What did you do? Oh, I just don't say anything. 
But, 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 the, but then, then Lori's whole theory. No, no, no. Is, but, but no, it's that not to like avoid watching the movie because it's going to have an uncomfortable moment. Yes. Okay. True like, enough. I think we were. I think this came up because I suggested we watch the movie um, Pump Up the Volume. Okay. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. With seen Christian it. Slater, uh, it's apparently like remains like kind of the the message is like more progressive than the average movie of that time, which mm-hmm. was like nineteen. 19- 90, mm-hmm. 1990, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a little, something like that. Um, but uh, but the, it centers around him being a pirate radio host, which seems like every everyone who watches it today is going to be like, what is a pirate radio host? Right. Um, but like there is like wall to wall jack off humor in that movie. But I think it would be like, I think Iris would enjoy it a lot. And like, I don't really want to sit with Iris and, and uh, like listen to a thousand jack off jokes, but I think we would all enjoy the movie. I think you would all enjoy it. I don't think I've ever told you. Okay. But during this period of time, I, I, I don't know. A lot of our listeners don't know about this either because this is material I'm like currently writing about. Okay. But during this period of time um, when I, I felt something shifting in my sexuality and I was trying to make it go away, uh-huh. that was when the movie Carol came out. Uh-huh. Which and I haven't I, seen, but I know I know. And I, w- I wanted it. to see it. I mean, of course, it's supposed to be a wonderful movie. Also, like hot lesbian content. Uh, who doesn't want to sit and watch Kate Blanchett for a couple hours. Uh, In the capsule, did it say rated R for hot lesbian content? <laughs> no. But anyway, I went to see it with my mom, and my mom didn't know anything about what was going on with me oh, because wow. I was so, I was so, I was in a lot of shame. You, you'd and only told me at that point, pretty much. I think much. I had only told you. I had told you and I had told Brandon. Yeah. And it, it was it was something I was really working with. Anyway, um, oh my God, I had to sit through Carol with my mom, wow. which is in no way explicit. It, it, it has like one sort of sex scene. I still don't want to watch a sex but, scene with, with my mom. Like I still feel like the same uncomfortable with it that I did when I was a kid, I think. I remember, I've told you about accidentally watching this movie called uh, the, the Cement Garden with my parents. I don't think so, but so, it, it sounds hot. So my dad's best friend when I was a teenager was this guy named Michael, who uh, was a like a former New York cabbie, and his wife was an artist, and they had like designed- These people sound great. They had designed these t-shirts that she, for a time, sold at farmer's markets, and then they made a company out of it, and it like took This sounds off- like a true. American success story. It is a true American success story. They became like... <laughs> you said excess. Ex- please continue. <laughs> it is excessive. They became millionaires like selling t-shirts What that was she, on the t-shirt? Um, it was... It, it, they were like... <laughs> was, cute, I'm with stupid. Cute they animal... I'm with stupid. Cute like animal illustrations and patterns and stuff. That's amazing. And this was like pre-Etsy, right? This was pre-Etsy. This was the 90s. Anyway, they had this lovely home in our neighborhood and Michael was like... Very, very New York. And um, anyway, they, they were very into watching art films. Did they move to Nichols Hills they after did, they had they a big? Did. did they really? They really did. Oh, my God. They were, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. We met them because my dad, I think I've told you this, that my dad and Michael met in the grocery store parking lot because Michael was driving like a Citroen or something and my dad stopped to admire I it. I don't or, remember or vice this story, versa. but that's great. Anyway. A de, de CV? Was it a de CV? Anyway, uh, so Michael and Becky were really into watching like like foreign movies and art films, like things that not many, very many people in Nichols Hills were watching in the 90s. I feel like that would be and where people would be watching these. Really? Well, no, Nichols Hills is like oil money oh, and okay. country club members. That oily, oily money. Anyway, God, anyway, I'm really selling my... my my hometown. <laughs> no, please, please go on. Apparently, so we're going to get to an explicit movie eventually. Well, anyway, they Michael was also a wonderful cook, and they invited us over for dinner one night. I think this was right before I left to go to college, so I was eighteen. They invited us over for dinner. Michael made some delicious food, and then they were going to watch a movie that night. And they invited my parents and I to stay and watch the movie. Well, it turned out to be this movie called The Cement 
Garden, which was based on, I'm totally blanking right now on who the author of the book was that it was based on. The Cement Garden sounds like it would be a made-up title of an art movie from a Simpsons episode. Get ready. This is worse than you could make up. I can't wait. So it had Charlotte Gainsbourg in it. And she, I think, was like a teenager at the time. And she plays the, the sister in this family, I believe, of four, mother, father, brother, sister. And um, I may be getting some of these details wrong, but in the opening sequence or near the opening, you see the male child in the bathroom masturbating. Okay. And meanwhile, in the backyard, the father is pouring concrete over their yard and has a heart attack and dies. Oh, my. And And you're going back and forth between these moments. That is terrible. And then I think the mother dies or something, and they keep her in, like, a locker in the basement because the kids don't want to be transferred into foster care. Oh, no. And then there's, like, some incest. This episode needs to have a a big trigger uh, warning on it. But this, anyway, yeah, this episode, Matthew, what? I had to watch this with my parents. Oh, God. And I was 18, and my parents hadn't oh, chosen no. it either, and I don't think any of us had any idea what we were uh, in for. And I'm still recovering from it. And I'm 40. You're still you're still not it totally so... sure that, that masturbating won't cause your parents to have a heart attack. <laughs> well, I haven't <laughs> masturbated since. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no. Cured. <laughs> Oh my oh, mom! Boy. My mom's probably listening to this episode. <laughs> I'm sure too. she remembers this this uncomfortable yeah, situation mom, the it, same way you do. Was it awkward for you too? I mean, of course it was. I feel I feel my blood pressure rising just <laughs> remembering it. You, oh God, um, it was terrible. Do you want to talk about chocolate chips? Okay, <laughs> let's talk about baking chips. Oh, let's talk about baking chips. Okay, okay, so. Memory Lane. I memory think we just lane. did a lot of Memory Lane. So None much of it memory had lane. to do with baking <laughs> chips. I mean, I remember, uh, I think that when I was a kid and my mom would bake chocolate chip cookies, which I don't think of as being a cookie that my mom baked a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, she was more like a brownie person or like a Linzer cookie person. Anyway, but... My mom made all those cookies for sure. She made chocolate chip. Well, actually, like, so she made she made chocolate chip and brownies regularly. She I don't know if she made Linzer cookies, but she sometimes made Linzer tort, like the real oh, deal. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I appreciated it at all, but I would now. The chocolate chips of my youth were mostly in store bought cookies, like Soft Batch mm-hmm. or Chips Ahoy or whatever. I, I don't even know if these things count as chocolate chips. Yeah. Well, chocolate chip experiences. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, like, the chocolate chips that appear in a Chips Ahoy are not a product you can buy commercially. Well, and they don't taste the same. They're not the same size. Anyway, but I do remember being over at uh, a friend's house when her mother was making chocolate Mm -hmm. chip cookies. Watching a very inappropriate movie. It was the first time that I'd ever seen a stand mixer. Oh, yeah. Uh, my, My friend's parents had this, and I remember... Um, eating some chocolate chips out of the bag. And then I remember later when Ghirardelli produced chips, produced chocolate chips, I remember finding them especially delicious and eating them straight out of the bag. I do that almost every day, I would say. Wow. Like after dinner, if we're not, if there's no like dessert happening, I will go to the cupboard, I will pour a little teeny cup of Ghirardelli 60% chocolate chips and just nibble them while we watch a show. Oh, wow. I mean, that makes total sense. I I, I mean, I, I think this is a very uh, good idea. I reach for them whenever things on screen get uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate. Uh, anyway, what about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I grew up eating chocolate chip cookies. I remember all those things. The homemade, the soft batch, the Chips Ahoy. I never liked Chips Ahoy when I was a kid, and I think I still don't like Yeah, we did a whole yeah. episode where we tasted those things. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely grew those up with things. homemade. Those that, that, things. That's not what I meant. I didn't. Uh, Chips Ahoy, I, I ain't got nothing against yeah. you. I meant those, the general category of thing. You meant that that thing. That Ooh, wait, uh, that thing, that yes. thing, that, that thing. thing. You know, I was thinking the other night of the Lauryn Hill song Zion, mm-hmm. which is so great. Yes. I mean, the whole album, I, let's be real. But anyway, go on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I had a pretty average American chocolate chip childhood. I don't remember particular experiences with any other types of chips besides chocolate. Experiences. Experiences. Are you experienced? Uh, apparently not. <laughs> okay. But I mean, I'm going to get experienced because I bought like 
three different kinds. Exciting. Okay. Well, so so can I? Um, I, I was the one who researched this episode. Oh yeah. So please. And uh, forth. I've got I've got some some info to throw down. So basically, chocolate chips. Wait, Abby, can you play the info throwdown theme song? <laughs> Info throw down. Wait, can I can I give a shout out to to um, a podcast that has a podcast gr- shout out? <laughs> so there's a podcast called Mom Rage mm-hmm. that is I don't know if you if you've heard about it. I have heard of it. I haven't listened. It launched in the in the past year, sometime in 2018. Oh, I'll get to it then. It's hosted by Amelia Morris and Eden Lepucky, uh, both of whom are writers. It's great. It's so smart. They have wonderful guests, uh, including our friend, friend of the show, Angela Garbus. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, they have a fantastic show intro, and I believe it was recorded by Amelia's husband, Matt, and at, at least two of the, the four children that these two women, you know, uh, cumulatively mm-hmm. have. Am I yeah. using cumulative? Anyway. The, the children they cumulatively have. Anyway, you would really love the intro. It's, it's got this like mom rage thing with it and then like a kid screaming, mom rage. <laughs> and it's great. so good. Yeah. So they didn't just like take some uh, royalty free old fashioned no. old timey music from Garage Band and use that for eight years. No. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. Anyway, mom rage. Let's check it out. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Anyway. Chocolate chips are, they're always sweetened chocolate, which I haven't thought about before. That's true. I have never run across unsweetened chocolate chips. That yeah, would be nobody would do that. A real, that would be a prank. <laughs> it would be a prank. Anyway, um, they are used mostly in desserts, obviously. But <laughs> thanks, also- <laughs> thanks, Molly. Can you give some examples of when they're not used in desserts? <laughs> Trail mix. Okay, yeah, that, Pancakes, that's true. Pancakes, muffins, granola mm, bars, which aren't always dessert. No. Chocolate chip pancakes are dessert. Okay, they're usually in a teardrop shape with a flat circular bottom, and they're also called chocolate morsels. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Do you still call it a chocolate chip if it is square or rectangular like those baking chunks that Sharpenberger is selling these days? Or like these? Oh, yeah. Do do you still call these chips? No, I would call this a chocolate chunk. So I just opened a bag of Simple Truth Organic 72% cacao. But, but if you were making ch- if you were making making cookies with these, would you mm. say, "Oh, I made chocolate chunk cookies?" No. No, you would you're not. right. You would not. That's interesting. Somehow in in the course of baking they turn from chunks into chips. They do. That's <laughs> Magic. physical science. Okay. So it seems like chocolate chips always used to be like a certain size, like the whole house good. morsels size. But now they're like smaller and they're bigger. <laughs> They've bifurcated. <laughs> Is that the word you kept using <laughs> a while back? Um, Cumulatively. <laughs> not this episode, like two years ago or oh. something. Bisected. <laughs> Bisected, yeah. Yeah, uh, that was the word that I used when I was high and right. I was hiking. Um, okay, so what was the question? Oh, the observation was that now you can get mini chips and larger chips. Mm-hmm. I Ghirardelli ones are larger. Yep. I definitely prefer the larger chips in, you know the, in cookies or for snacking. Your simple truth ones are pretty nice. They are pretty nice. 72% cacao um, and the Ghirardelli 60%. 60%. I think both of these. I mean, I know the Ghirardelli oh, make really good nice. cookies because I use them in, cl- cu- in cookies <laughs> exclusively. In cookies. <laughs> I do too. Cookies. So wait, can I can can I tell you a little bit about the origin of chocolate chips? I would love that. I'm going to read to you almost directly from Wikipedia. Chocolate chips were created with the invention of chocolate chip cookies in 1937 when Ruth Graves Wakefield of the Toll House Inn in Whitman, Maryland. This is probably, excuse me, Whitman, Massachusetts. Oh, oh Whitman, Massachusetts. This just in. I've got to get this right. When she added cut up chunks of a semi-sweet Nestle chocolate bar to a cookie recipe. Wakefield, two years later, 1939, reached an agreement with Nestle to put her recipe on the bar's packaging in exchange for a lifetime supply of chocolate. Doesn't it that remind you of like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate does, Factory? And it also seems like she got robbed, she right? She got totally yes. robbed. Also, I want to know how Nestle came to know about her cookies. That's a good question. Was it Maybe... the kind of thing like when people write into magazines and they're like, I had this wonderful breakfast at this B&B in, in Whit- Whitman, Whitman, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Could you get me the but recipe? But unfortunately, I live in Whitman, Maryland. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, how do you do? You but think wait, that, you think someone wrote to Nestle? No, and, uh, uh, ne- someone at Nestle was reading a magazine. I was just doing a bit, and it just <laughs> <laughs> didn't work, obviously, because you didn't recognize it as a bit. Um, uh, so I, I was thinking more that like Nestle maybe to this day sends out like recipe scouts like that you that think? are just on. No, I don't Do think, you think so. it's I'm like doing Slugworth? a bit. Like Slugworth? From Willy Wonka and the Chocolate yes, Factory. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So so they're on the road like they're they're away from their families for months at a time. Just <laughs> going to every in every outhouse, hen house. <laughs> Etc. House, toll house, <laughs> looking looking for the latest in cookies okay. and, and stealing the recipe and and tr- maybe you know. maybe one of our listeners knows how how Nestle found out about Mrs. Wakefield's. Cookies. Okay, well I'm gonna bet that it's in a very long, detailed, and excellent article from the Toast about toll house cookies that we will link to. Um, okay, for among other things, it. Uh, there, there's like a real feminist angle to this story in the sense that often the story gets told like, you know, she just invented it by accident. Like some chocolate fell into the cookie and she was so dumb she thought it would turn chocolate throughout. Uh, but actually it came out a chocolate chip cookie when in fact, you know, she was a talented recipe right. developer. Okay. Wow. I'm really glad to know that because, yeah, we usually hear it as, oh, what a happy accident. Right. I mean, we hear that about so many things. Yes. Well, thank you for redeeming the memory of Ruth. Just one of Graves my. Uh, what's, the, what's the thing I was annoying everybody by saying recently? Um, everyday acts of heroism. Okay. <laughs> anyway, initially, Nestle included a chopping tool with their semi sweet bars, which sounds kind of dangerous. What? kind of chopping tool was well, it like a small hatchet i'm picturing it do you remember the the big thing of toffee that you were given by a friend for yes, christmas that with came, a, with, that a came with a hammer. hammer i'm picturing this as like a toffee hammer but it's a chocolate hammer have you ever used one of those uh chocolate chunking tools uh that has like it's like a pitchfork sort of with four prongs I think I maybe have. It doesn't some really reason, work, but it looks cool. I'm picturing it a little bit like one of the like Parmesan cheese tools. Exactly, it's but the same thing. But that's more like a short, like a uh, teardrop-shaped knife. Hmm. No, this is this is more. It's more pitchfork-like. Okay, okay. Well, anyway, in 1941, Nestle finally got the message, and it started selling actual chips or morsels or whatever you want to call them. And so did one of its competitors, who was not named by Wikipedia. Okay. Um, and apparently, um, oh yeah, go ahead. Um, World War II, like, uh, sending, sending chocolate chip cookies or Toll House cookies to like the boys on the front or whatever Mm -hmm. you would say, um, like became a thing. And like this helped popularize Hmm. Toll House cookies because when they came home from the war, they were very hungry and they were, and they wanted cookies Hmm. and who would deny them cookies after defeating Hitler. After what they had done. Right. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Hey, turn your dream into a reality with Squarespace. It's 2019, it's a new year, and I know that you have some idea that you've been thinking about. Some secret dream, some secret project, some little something that you maybe are not quite ready to share with the world, and that's okay. Because you can go to squarespace.com build and sign up for a free trial. Nobody's going to see what you're working on until you're ready to make it public. You're going to choose a beautiful template. They've got over 20 made by world-class designers. They look great on a computer, on an iPad, on a phone, on a web TV, on the big screen. If you can hook your computer up to a movie, to an IMAX screen, it would probably look great on that too, thanks to Squarespace's responsive design. You can set up e-commerce at no extra charge and sell whatever this secret thing you're working on is. I hope it doesn't explode, whatever it is. It's going to be something great. I just know it. I believe in you. It's a new year. It's a new you. It's a new website made by you at squarespace.com build. Sign up for the free trial. Use the offer code SPILLED and you will get 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That's squarespace.com slash spilled, offer code spilled. This episode is brought to you by Anilon. Whatever your kitchen needs are, Anilon High Performance Kitchenware is there to help you unlock your creative culinary vision. You know, they have got nonstick cookware that I actually feel pretty good about. I'm using it at home. Yeah. It's metal utensil safe. It is, um, I mean, my food slips right out of it, like almost too easily. (laughs) Yep. You pick it up. Whoopsie. They've also got this sure grip handle that has this rubberized material for what they call 
advanced handhold, which is not beginner handhold. No, no, no. We're we're not we're not children. We we we've graduated <laughs> from beginner handholding to advanced handholding. Mm-hmm. The Amalon Advanced Collection features hard anodized construction that is twice as hard as stainless steel. I should stop punching it. It and hurts. the Nouvelle Copper Luxe Collection combines dishwasher safe nonstick with a copper clad base. Yep, I've been using mine too. I'm really enjoying it. I love just it feels so sturdy and solid compared to some of the cheap stuff that I've bought. And yet it's not very expensive. Mm-hmm. And it comes with a lifetime warranty. Yep. So shop their cookware sets, baking tools, even pasta makers and culinary torches all at Macy's. <laughs> Analon designed for creativity in the kitchen. It, uh, I did a weird thing with it, and so it's weird. They came out weirdly shaped, but, uh, but still good. So this wait, is wait, hold the. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. I just realized these don't have chocolate chips in them. No. So should we wait until we get to the other chips portion of the show? No, let's just skip ahead to, to peanut butter chips. But didn't so, you have something else you wanted to say about big name cookie recipes? Well, it fits in with this big name cookie recipe that I'm about to tell you about. Okay. Okay. So these are Reese's Chewy Chocolate Cookies. They were from the Hershey's website. So uh, they are a a cookie made with cocoa in the cookie dough. So they're a chocolate cookie. And then you put in peanut butter chips, Mm. which are sold in the baking aisle. Mm -hmm. And it said you could make them as drop cookies. Uh, It makes 54 cookies. And I was like, I am not going to drop 54 cookies before we record this morning. So it said you could also make it as a as bar cookies. So I'm like, okay, I can do that. But first of all, the dough was kind of thick. And secondly, I realized as I was putting it in the pan that it called for a jelly roll pan, not a half sheet pan. So I basically oh. baked bar cookies, but at the thickness of regular cookies. But remind me what a je- what the dimensions of a jelly roll pan a are. A jelly roll pan is- it more is like nine by 13? 15 and a half by 10. Okay. Uh, that was actually the first thing I thought of. Um, and so a, a half sheet pan is more like- it's not it's quite 12 18 by, by 17 12 by 17 yeah. so considerably larger area than a jelly roll pan so so they got uh, kind of thin and like a little overdone around the edges but they're really, really good. good what made you choose this recipe um i was looking for something to make with either toffee chips or peanut butter chips and bookmarked a couple of recipes and i figured i, I knew i had had this cookie before and that this is one of those recipes that's been you know a, a corporate recipe for a very long time I, and appearing at potlucks and parties i've never had this at any potluck or party so also i've been eating them like all day I want to eat another one. You may. Thank you. So a couple of things I realized. First of all, like, I think I have sort of an unfair prejudice against these, like, very simple recipes that you get from a manufacturer website. Mm-hmm. Or f- formerly from, from the box, of course. Mm-hmm. In fact, I haven't even looked on the package. They, this might, recipe might be on the package. Yeah, it 100% is on. I made the recipe on the package, only I got it off the website. Okay. But I agree. I don't tend to look at these. Right. I tend to think like, okay, um, you know, that's a good starting point. But, you know, let's see what Serious Eats did with it or that sort of thing. But really, the original one is usually very good, including the original Toll House recipe. I don't know the last time I had the original Toll House recipe. It's it's good. Like it's solid. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It wouldn't be America's favorite cookie if it wasn't a tasty cookie. That's true. Okay. But there's one other thing about these big name recipes, which is they often call for making absurdly small cookies to the to the point that so this one um, was it said made 54 cookies, uh, drop them rounded teaspoons onto an ungreased cookie sheet. The original Toll House recipe called for half teaspoons. Half teaspoons, yes. and then so, did you bake them for like three minutes? I'm not. That's a good question. We should look at. We should look at the recipe. Half but, teaspoons. Yes, and it didn't. Were you it, making like chocolate chip breakfast cereal? Like cookie it, it, crisp. Yeah. It was a recipe for cookie crisp. Yes. So, I think yeah. So I think like for me, like generally, like three tablespoons makes a good size of of big chewy cookie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Wow. I would be very, very interested in trying to make these the way that they are written mm-hmm. with, hold on just a second, drop by rounded teaspoons onto an ungreased right? cookie sheet. That is the craziest thing I've ever heard. And so, and that's could, for sure not, I mean, this, so. No, the, it's not what's in the picture. That's not what's in the picture on the front of the package. 
Wow. I wonder if it's a thing so they can like claim a lower calorie count than anyone would actually eat. Maybe. Uh, do they even give the calorie count for the for the cookies? recipe? Um, let's see. Mm, they no, don't. They don't. Okay. Great. So it's probably not that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Good point. So um, let's go back for just a second yes, before please. we before we go to like other chips. Other chips. Let's make sure that we've exhausted the topic of chocolate chips. There is a high pitched sound coming out from outside, and I'm pretty sure that there's about to be an alien abduction. Oh, who do you think it's going to be? Listeners, oh, oh. place your bets. <laughs> yes, okay. Oh. <laughs> Great. Okay. Anyway, so, you know, originally, and usually these are semi-sweet, but now you can also get them in, like, all different... I, I think within the last maybe 10 years, we've started seeing, like, the percentage of cacao printed on ordinary chocolate chip bags. Yeah, and it's been rising precipitously. <laughs> <laughs> it has. Probably also with the price. It's been skyrocketing. Um, That's true. So anyway, bittersweet, white and dark swirled, white chocolate, milk chocolate, mint chocolate, and so on and Ooh, so forth. Ooh, mint chocolate. Yeah. Interesting. I could see that. Yeah. Especially, like, I don't want it to have any, like, green food coloring part. I just want it to be, like, have some mint oil in with the chocolate. Oh, that's a good idea. Wouldn't that be good? Yeah, I think I like the idea of that. You wrote here, Grand Central Oatmeal Chocolate Chip Cookies with Milk and Dark Chocolate Chips. Oh, this is a recipe. So, um, as I've mentioned, uh, wife of the show, Lori, a few years ago, uh, went on, <laughs> I was going to say, went on a rampage, uh, did a, like, a, pro- a project to make every cookie in the Grand Central Baking Book. Yes. which is a uh, cookbook published by a bakery chain in the Pacific, in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. And the best one, in my opinion, was the oatmeal chocolate chip cookies, which are made with a mix of milk and dark chocolate chips. Mm-hmm. And it's like it says in the recipe, like, you know, you, you will be skeptical. Like, why are we putting in two different kinds of chocolate chips? Trust us. And uh, they are right. I haven't seen milk chocolate chips in a long time. Do you have any today? I don't have any today. They, Ghirardelli um, does make them, and that's usually what we get when we're going to make those cookies. I remember, so um, the bakery Hotcakes here mm-hmm. in Seattle, I, I have not bought this cookie in a long time, but they had a salted peanut butter cookie mm-hmm. that had milk chocolate chips in it, and I wrote about it on my blog. I remember that. It was very good. Um, I don't know if they still sell it, but it was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um so Matthew, so when, much chewing. When you're buying chocolate chips, do you usually? Which I was doing yesterday. Do you usually get Ghirardelli? I usually get the Ghirardelli, sixty percent. Okay. And I watch for them to go on sale because the regular price is kind of off-putting to me. Yeah. But they go on sale for like three dollars a bag. What do you think about Ghirardelli brownie mix? Which doesn't it come with a pack of chips? So Ghirardelli brownie mix, most it, they're like every brownie mix now. There are like seventeen varieties yes. that all seem pretty much the same. It's like mega chocolate, double chocolate, triple, triple chocolate, chocolate, fudge in the mix, um, and <laughs> many of them come with chocolate chips just in the powder. Mm-hmm. In the powder, I think That's we not recently the dry ingredients. Made, we recently made the double chocolate ones. Yes. Um, I you and to, I? No, um, Ash and June and I did. Okay. I try to always keep a box of brownie mix yeah. in the, the cupboard. I feel like it's just a wise life choice. It is. Um, it's a great way to paper over those awkward moments. Like, I'm going to make some brownies. <laughs> you guys keep watching. <laughs> I'll be back in a minute. Anyway. <laughs> Mommy, what does jizz mean? <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, and uh, I think the Ghirardelli double chocolate ones do have, um, I think they have chocolate chunks. I can't remember. Yeah, I believe so. Anyway, Matthew. I think that's the, what makes them double. Would you ever reject a chocolate chip? Would I ever reject a chocolate chip? Like, I don't know. What if it came with strings attached? Yeah. Like, if it yeah. was given to me by a stranger, I might. Yeah. Or, or a wizard. If I was, yeah. If I was told that it was they were magic chips. Yeah. Other than that. Well, did you when you were on when you were promoting your various books, were you ever given baked goods by by people who came to your events? <laughs> going to say, did you ever meet a wizard? <laughs> um, yes, uh, this this large English man, bearded English man, came up to me and said, "You're a wizard, Matthew. You're a wizard, Harry." <laughs> yeah, I said that's not even my name. Like, who are you? No, but seriously, like security. Were, were you ever given baked goods? I think I want to say yes. Because your books were food related. I remember it that way. I don't know if it's actually true. I definitely did events where like some baked goods were made by the like provided by the venue for everyone. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, 
I'm trying to remember like if there was if someone ever like brought me something really special that I remember and I nothing's coming to mind. Yeah. I I've But I mean people were very nice to me. I've been so people are so generous and I've been given a lot of baked goods. Mm-hmm. And oh I, no, and I, now you're about to complain well, about them. No, but I have to admit that sometimes I feel nervous because well, what if they're poisoned? <laughs> That would be a it would, weird. It, it uh, would be super weird. Wait, there's a razor blade in them. I need to have my parents check exa- before exactly. I That's eat them. That's the thing. You need to bring your parents with you on book tour to to check over any candy or other goods. I, I did tell you about the time that that a reader made me a mixed CD, and when when she gave it to me, pointed out that she had also taped a Xanax to it. Put a Xanax yes. in, in the jewel case. For not me. not only did you tell me that, but I I stole that and put it in my novel. Oh, you, yes. Which novel? Wait uh, a minute. Our Secret Better Lives. Where was that? Um, I don't it, it remember. Didn't, it didn't that. go down exactly the same way, oh, but uh, okay. someone someone is offered a Xanax. Okay. <laughs> I guess that's the extent to which I stole it. Oh, great! I um, think a lot of people are offered Xanax all the anyway, time. Anyway, but anyway, that, that but didn't really that, occur to me until you told me that story. But, so I'm but credit yeah, you. Yeah, that was um that was an interesting moment. Yeah. I mean, that's. I think that's pretty sweet. You know, I have actually kept it all this time. Aww. I put it in a file and was like, "I'm never getting rid of this." Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a, it's adorable. Like, it, it's it's someday June. Someday I'll be dead and gone, and June will be going through all my old papers, and she'll be like, "What's this pill inside this weird case with uh-huh. a weird disc in it?" <laughs> yeah, the, the disc will be the weird part because we'll still be the have weird pills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, let's talk about non-chocolate chips. Okay. Yeah. So peanut butter chips, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and I, I saved a few out of the package so we could taste them. Okay. I did wonder what was going on here. I thought they were actual peanuts. No. But I didn't look at the food. <laughs> Apparently not. They look <laughs> little like peanuts. Um, <laughs> well, they're very little like peanuts. They're little like peanuts. <laughs> okay, wait. So these are Reese's peanut butter chips. Mm-hmm. Oh, this bag oh, might man. be difficult these to open. These are so good. What is it about Reese's peanut butter? Like the peanut butter in a Reese's? Yeah. Is it that it has so much sugar in it? Or like, does it have like a whole bunch of like MSG or just something that like turns the flavor up to like... 14. Okay, so I think it has a lot of sugar and salt, but also like they've done something to give it like the, very the right kind of dryness. Mm, mm, it's very roasty toasty. Yeah. <laughs> what are these? These are toffee chips, which is really just a crumbled Heath bar. Okay, you they. I've never used these. Mm. What, so, ha- what happens when you use these? They kind of melt into the cookie in a cool way. They don't. They no longer seem like chips at all mm. when you're done baking. Okay, but it, it just of, suffuses everything with a toffiness. These kind of taste like butter flavor to me. Yeah, I'm sure that's in there. Mm-hmm. That's fine. So far, yep. so far, I'm really into the Reese's so, peanut butter chips. Like, I think go, I would buy these and eat these. I I think you can. <laughs> can we go back to the question about would I reject a chocolate chip? Yes. Because here's the thing, I think most chocolate chips are not great for snacking. Like, at least I, I don't care for them for snacking. Like, mm-hmm. the Ghirardelli tastes enough like a chocolate bar that yeah. I, I will, like, go face first into that bag. Most chocolate chips, which I think cook up fine, bake up fine in cookies, are not very satisfying to me as a snack. It's been a very... Uh, so, did you really not get a bag of Toll House morsels? No. <laughs> Matthew! <laughs> They're, they're like the classic ones. Every Why time I've had them, them right now? they're not very good. But we have bought plenty of other things for this show that so that we could good? eat them yes, and remind ourselves that they weren't good. Okay, I blew it. You can you can replace me with a Simon I mean, you, Callow or you, you, Julian you, Sands or whoever you want. Or Harry's. Wizard Harry's. Harry Potter. You can you can replace me with are a you, Harry wizard. Are you Harry Potter? <laughs> No, I don't do a very Professor good McGonagall, is that you? <laughs> or are you my cat? Um, she can turn into a cat. I know, I know. <laughs> Spoiler I, alert. I, I, <laughs> yeah, if you get past the first 10 pages of the first book, you'll know that, Matthew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, what about other things? Like, aren't there peppermint chips? I think I've seen that, yeah. Okay. I didn't get any. I did get... What about butterscotch I feel chips? Like there's one other thing oh, we haven't butter, tried. Oh, butterscotch. Right there, right there. Oh, Yeah. Um, I feel nervous about this. I don't, I don't have a good feeling about I this either. I have a bad feeling about this. I think this is going to... I have a bad feeling that I'm going to... Oh! <laughs> oh, my God. Everywhere. The premonition. I just... Oh, and they smell terrible. Ah! Oh, no. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> and they're the weirdest, like, penny color. Oh, I hate these. <laughs> Hold on, they're on your floor. They're everywhere. I'm going to post a picture of the, the avalanche. Oh, God. They really smell bad. They smell like, um, oh, they smell like uh, maple syrup flavoring. That's exactly it. Do yes. I have to eat one? Do they do they taste the way they smell? Yes, they do. Oh, the God. This is not the smell of butterscotch. What is, I know we talk about this Ooh. every time we talk about caramel or butterscotch. What is butterscotch? Butter rum, butter gin, butter, butter. Remember from, I'm doing all my Willy Wonka and the chocolate Okay, can factory. we just do a Willy Wonka episode <laughs> yes! and, like, and, that, and then never talk about it again? Yes. Hasa wakayo. That's Wonka wash backwards. <laughs> or no, I did that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but do, do you not remember this? I haven't seen the movie in so long, I don't remember most of it. I did read the book maybe 10 years ago. So, so let's watch the movie. I keep saying I'm going to rewatch it just for you. Okay, great. I watch it so It sounds like I once a week. It so often. <laughs> June, the good news is that this June loves it as much as I do. Good. Two things that June and I love equally. Nerds, mm-hmm. the candy. Nerds the candy. Nerds the candy. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, and technically also fizzy water. Okay. What, what do you mean? These technically? are the three things because I said two things, but the oh. three things. <laughs> okay, and uh, and some other movies, favorite movies you've watched together, like The Cement Garden. <laughs> is that what it was called? And um, yeah. <laughs> the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover. Um, <laughs> uh, Fatal Attraction. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, is that the one with the rabbit? It is. I never saw it. Have I you haven't seen either. It? No. Uh, what was the one that had uh, Sharon Stone in it? Basic Instinct. Basic Instinct. Did you, um, did you ever see that? I did. Was it as racy as it was supposed to be? Uh, no. no. I mean, it had that one famous scene. Yeah. Um, was it justifiably famous? I mean, it's... The, the, first of all, like I was surprised that like it was more comedic than I expected. Oh. Like for one thing, like uh, uh, Newman from Seinfeld is in that scene. Oh, <laughs> Which oh, okay. Does not not how you envision uh, no. how I envisioned it at all. No. Um, and okay, other 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 like erotic <laughs> thrillers. I, I, when you say that, I like imagining him like actually being <laughs> character <laughs> Newman. Not not, not only just was the he, actor, right? Not only character. was he the character, he was the one crossing and uncrossing his legs. <laughs> and and Sharon Stone is sitting there. I think I saw Newman's dick. Um, <laughs> it was it was not at all what I expected, but very erotic. Um, Body of Evidence was that the one with with oh, like oh is that Demi Moore no no Demi Moore was indecent stri- striptease okay what about indecent indecent proposal, proposal. Was, was also Demi Moore and Robert Redford was that the and million dollar one yes what do you would know, you do, do? You feel like- we've talked about this on the show before <laughs> okay good. okay no You're- go ahead what were you gonna ask I was just gonna say that a million dollars seems so quaint now. Well, not that any of us has it, right? I mean, but uh, but I think it seemed like a much bigger amount of money back then. I think it seemed like a much bigger dilemma then. Yeah, because like you know, I feel like have our morals just gotten so loose they're just like flapping in the breeze. I mean, I guess, but like, I mean, a million dollars still seems like a lot. It's not. It's not like well, in. I mean, I I would take it right for sure. No question. Right. I mean, there, there's got to be more to it than just like I don't even remember the. You know, I, I let's did watch see it the movie. again and have some uncomfortable moments together. Okay, I'll yeah, make let's, some let's, Ghirardelli brownies. And, uh, we'll sit down with the kids. We'll watch Indecent <laughs> Proposal. Perfect. And we will see what all the fuss is about. <laughs> we'll see about. what all the fuss is about. Like, why I, I was this it, such a moral dilemma? But like, there was it was like a thing where like uh, a bunch of people were hanging out and the movie was on rather oh. than we were all focused on the movie. Yeah. There was yeah. There was the one with. <laughs> There was one with Michael Douglas. Which one? Oh, wait, was that? What was the one with uh, Billy Baldwin that involves like some hot wax? Oh. Do you remember, wow, the way I just said I think wax there was hot was wax so... in Body Body of Evidence was the one with Madonna, right? Oh, I don't know. I think there was hot wax in that. I had a big crush on Billy Baldwin around that time. Or was it Billy Baldwin or St- Billy Baldwin? Yeah. Yeah, I, I get all the Baldwins <laughs> I, I confused. I know there's straight. a real Baldwin hierarchy. Like some of them are, are kind of trash Baldwins. <laughs> Uh, but okay. I mean, no, I mean nothing personal. If you're listening, Stephen Baldwin, <laughs> oh, that's what I was gonna say 
I knew the one you were talking about. I knew it. I knew it. And I don't even like regularly read Us Weekly. TMZ. Yeah. I only read oh, it. Oh, Baldwin's. They're just like us. Yeah. They take out the Some trash. Some of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> they, they, they are the trash and they take out the trash. Just like us. Yep. Okay. Um, wow, we, we really came up with a lot of erotic thrillers. I'm we proud did. of Hold us. Hold on, what else is there? Um, well, I mean, oh, oh co- Color of Night with Bruce Willis and... Oh, I don't remember ever hearing of that. Jane March, maybe? I haven't, didn't see it. I don't know. I, I can't hmm. think of any others. That was, that was a real thing for a while, and I feel like it's not a thing anymore. Well, then there was uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, of course. Eyes Wide Shut, which... I think I left in the middle of. I think it was very boring. I heard it was very boring. It was I, deeply I didn't see boring. It. Yeah. I mean, maybe something okay. with a, with a, all the Baldwins <laughs> at once. Sign me up for that. Uh huh. Um, okay. Anyway, hey, so Matthew, you know, can we talk for a second about melting chocolate chips? Yes, and melting please. baking chips. I, I will admit, I've never tried melting a non-chocolate. I don't think you could chip. melt the toffee chips. No. No, and I also don't think mm. that these butterscotch chips would melt. But I just did say they they do melt when you bake them. I think it would just get weird Very and sticky. Messy. Yeah. Very messy. So what is interesting to me is – so I, I knew that, that there was something in the way that, like, um, the, the formula for a chocolate chip – I. <laughs> <laughs> Molly seems to be. <laughs> it's like I I watch your your half your brain. <laughs> yes, you're like Janet on the Good Place <laughs> when she was malfunctioning. I only watched the first two episodes. It gets way better. Really? Like, yes. God, I gave up. I was like, I can't. We watched the first two episodes. This. We gave up and set it aside for months, and they were like, okay. Everybody, like, if we haven't watched this, we cannot be members of society. So we're really? gonna like give it another go, and it got so much better. Okay. Those first two episodes are not great. You know, we recently watched all of the night of, uh, I, which is I've heard of it. John Turturro. Um, John Turturro is great, and um, I fear that I'm gonna. Is it Riz Al, Riz Ahmed or Reese Ahmed? I think it's Riz Ahmed. Okay, Riz Ahmed. Okay, uh, who's also great. Who, okay, this oh, sounds good. Wait, hold on. He, they are both incredible in this. I mean, incredible, um, unbelievably amazing. But and it's, it's like a thriller. It is a thriller kind of crime thing. I have to say, I found the end very perplexing. Oh, it's this is this is my this is my recent critique of, of many different shows. It's one of those shows that's too smart and postmodern for me. It is. It's okay. too smart and postmodern for you. I think you might hate the ending. Okay. However, the performances in it are good enough that it's worth it. Also, I do this love incredible both of those female prosecutor. Um, I cannot remember what the name of, of the actor is. Okay. But she's amazing. Did you watch The Night Manager? No. Oh, The Night Manager is great, and it's just four episodes because okay. it's British. Okay. And uh, the ending is very satisfying. Great. It's uh, Tom Hiddleston and Hugh Laurie. Oh, okay. And okay. there's also, what reminded me is also there's there's a like uh, uh, female uh, MI6 agent who's, I don't remember the actor's name, but she's terrific. Okay, great. Okay, cool. The Night Manager? The Night Manager. Anyway. The Night Manager of... <laughs> anyway, I you were saying something about melting the, something, and then yeah. your brain started so, melting. So, chocolate chips have been like designed to hold their shape during baking. Yes. Okay, and the way that that has been achieved is that they're made with less cocoa butter than baking chocolate. I don't think I knew that. the The reduction in cocoa butter it helps them to hold their shape when they heat up. However, it makes them difficult to work with when they're melted. What do you mean difficult? Like petulant? Well, they, they, <laughs> they're always like, I hate you. I want a different mom. Yeah. Look, I'm melted. You can't tell me what to do. You can't. You're I'm not, not gonna... the boss of me. Yeah. Anyway, um, they no, it they don't melt right. I've tried to do. Yeah, I know um, what you mean. I've tried to melt white chocolate chips, like when I've been making toffee, which I, I often do a marbling of white and dark chocolates Ooh. on top. 
Anyway, um, some white chocolates. I think white chocolate is a very problematic subject, and maybe we should do an entire episode on it. I Have think we, we probably should. I think there, like, it's the the. There's been a backlash to the backlash for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole and then caramelized white chocolate, which is a whole thing people got into for a I, while. I think I missed this completely. Okay, listeners, stay yeah. tuned. We'll do a whole white chocolate episode. But anyway, I find that sometimes when I try to melt chocolate chips, certain brands, um, they get very uh, chalky and they don't melt smoothly, Yeah, which I makes think... sense if they have less cocoa butter. Yeah, it's just not what they're, they're designed what they're to, do to do the opposite, Yes, I think. And what's interesting is that, I, so I saw on Wikipedia that they melt best between 104 and 113 degrees, which I think is higher than normal chocolate. I think so. Um, yeah, because normal chocolate will, will melt like if you put it in your pocket. Yes. Which I do frequently. <laughs> you do? No. <laughs> just... But but I, now I'm thinking about it. And now you're thinking about it. <laughs> um, like just to be able to the... pull a chocolate bar out of my pocket, like I'm, I'm ready for any situation. The other day I had been eating some toffee. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is apparently our, our toffee adjacent episode. Okay. Uh, the other day I'd been eating some toffee. I was sitting on the sofa and I was wearing like gray sweatpants. Yeah. And I looked down like a couple hours later and there was something brown and clumpy like on the top of my oh, thigh. yeah. And Ash joked that I like had had some sort of a, a situation. Yeah, and I made her, probably the I way made, she said it. I made her smell it just to be sure <laughs> that it was chocolate. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I, every time I eat something with hot fudge, which is fairly often, I always get it on myself in some weird place that I notice later. Mm-hmm. Like it got on my finger, and then I like put my finger on my be- on the back of my leg or something, and then yeah. I sit on the couch, and I'm like, "How did that even get there?" Yeah, it took a real journey. Yeah, um, someday I might grow up. Probably not. Yeah, probably probably me neither. Wow, um, this episode really went places. It really did. I need to just remember right now that this is one of those episodes I don't want June to listen to. Yep, Abby put it on the list. <laughs> This episode was brought to you by Anilon. Anilon's wide selection of gourmet kitchenware combines innovative technologies with durability, performance, and style, and a lifetime warranty. Yeah, we've got it, we use it, we like it. Yep. Shop Anilon's cookware sets, baking tools, and even pasta makers, and you know what we're going to say, culinary, <laughs> culinary torches, torches, all at Macy's. Anilon, designed for creativity in the kitchen. You can find us online at, at uh, oh wow, I just, I recorded four episodes of Look Inside This Book Club, my other podcast yesterday, which you should check out, yeah, lookinsidethisbookclub.com. It's a comedy podcast about books. Yes, and you you co-host it with the wonderful Becky Selengut. Friend of the show. Mm-hmm. I was So you can find us at spilledmilkpodcast.com and on Facebook at facebook.com slash spilledmilkpodcast, <laughs> where I would like to hear about, like, what, what are the erotic thrillers that we forgot to mention? Oh, That's the yes. main thing I want to hear yes, about. Yes, please, please, absolutely. Like, why was this? And do you, listeners, still choose your movies based on the type of like advisory that it comes with? Yes. You can find us on all your favorite uh, podcasting platforms. Please leave us a review wherever you get us. Mm-hmm. Our producer is Abby Circatella. And until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. We hold our shape even when things get hot. Oh, I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amsterbert. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I think we had some rustling at the... Abby hates it when we talk over each other and when we rustle. Yeah, she's right, too. She also hates it when we wrestle. (laughs) No, no. Actually, she likes that. (laughs) Everyone likes that. Okay.